Hey you guys, welcome to another exciting episode of Truth in the Trenches with Rebecca from homeschoolon.com. That's right, I changed my name. I used to be hip homeschooling and I am now homeschoolon. Yay! So today's episode is titled Five Realities of a Christian Homeschooler Today. And this is the first time that I am officially bringing Christian content into my podcast. And I want to make sure that you guys know about it from the get-go because I know I've got a lot of secular homeschoolers that follow me as well. And I don't want to be putting content out there that doesn't apply to you. So there you have it. That is today's episode. And we're going to cover five different things that might speak to you if you are a Christian homeschool family. I obviously cannot speak for every Christian homeschooler out there. We are all vastly different, but these might fit you if you categorize yourself as a Christian homeschooler. So, you know, go find something hot and enjoy. All right, we're going to dive right into it. I have a list in front of me that I quickly jotted down as I was considering this. First of all, just a little introduction about me and my backstory. I was homeschooled for most of my education. I was homeschooled until about halfway through grade 10, at which point I went to a public high school. And that was a super exciting experience for me. And I'm being sarcastic. I know that's hard to tell. I was, um, I had a few experiences. I did have a few experiences with school, but it was definitely a challenge to go into the public school system after being sheltered And I would have considered myself sheltered. I had a very strong Christian family and I loved it, you guys. I loved being homeschooled and I loved my family and I was involved in my church and we were very social as a homeschool family. However, the culture shock of Christian support all around you all the time and then going straight into completely secular, large public high school of I don't even remember how big our graduating class was, but it was a huge school. That was a that was a huge culture shock for me. So that's my background. That's where I come from. And obviously that plays into part of the reason that I chose to homeschool my kids. I think that any Christian homeschooler would probably say that it is a big part of why they homeschool their kids is their faith. It plays in. Whether or not that is your primary reason, some will say that they feel that they were called to it. Some will say that they feel like they want to build that foundation of faith before anything else and that's the most important thing to them. A lot of people will say it's it's primarily for other reasons. It's for education or because their kids were getting bullied and they never ever thought that they would homeschool and they had no desire to, but they kind of got pushed into it because of other purposes. However, likely your faith plays a role into your homeschool and into your value system of why it became an option for you. If you are a Christian, then likely your faith plays some role. And so I think that's important to kind of identify as Christian homeschoolers. And I feel like the shift, as somebody who was homeschooled, it's also important to identify the fact that it has changed astronomically. Homeschooling is so completely different than it was 20 years ago when I was being homeschooled. 
more than 20 years ago? I don't know. We're just mincing words now, aren't we? It was a while ago, but it was very different. It was a completely different landscape because it was primarily Christians that homeschooled their kids and primarily conservative Christians at that. I remember growing up with a lot of my homeschool friends. They would have to wear dresses and, you know, they weren't ever allowed to wear makeup and they had their hair in braids and it was super long and they never cut it. And that was kind of the face of homeschooling for a long time. And it has shifted. It is, I would say it has even shifted more to the opposite direction. I would say that it actually goes probably hand in hand together with our culture. Our culture being, you know, it used to be much more conservative as opposed to now, instead of finding balance as our, our culture and our world and our generations, um, progress, I guess, we have instead just completely shifted the pendulum to the opposite. And that's not necessarily healthy as well. So now what we have is a large, a large, something I'm actually very surprised at still to this day, community of homeschoolers that are not just secular. There's a large community of homeschoolers that are are choosing to homeschool their kids because of bullying, because, you know, their kids, I get it all the time, are transgender or whatever, and we're, we're not feeling settled or... Um, we're, we're not accepted in their public school environment, and so parents are pulling them out to homeschool them. Now, there is nothing wrong with that. I think if your child is getting bullied and is coming home depressed and is not feeling like they're fitting in or is not getting their educational needs met, then by all means, homeschooling should be an option for anybody. Absolutely. But what's happened is that it has shifted so much and so drastically that sometimes where Christian homeschoolers used to be the majority, you can feel like you are the minority. Now, how true is that? I'm not sure. I'm not sure how true it is that we are actually the minority. I know that there are a lot of Christians that homeschool, but I also know that our voices are much quieter, and that's part of what we're going to get into today. So I want to talk about five different realities that might be you and you might identify with if you are a Christian homeschooler. So first of all, number one, are you ready? You are automatically written off. Does anyone else feel like this? That the second you bring the word God or faith or Christianity into any conversation, especially online, online is the worst for this, then you are automatically written off. You may as well not even have a voice in that conversation because no one is going to hear anything that you say. It's as if they put something over their ears and they're singing na 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 boo boo because they refuse to listen because it doesn't matter how valuable what you have to say. It doesn't matter your experience. It doesn't matter your perspective. None of that matters because you said the word Christian and therefore it's all flavored by your own biases and your inability to see truth which is kind of ironic when you consider that they will not consider your perspective at all. That's the whole idea of this argument of intolerance is ridiculous. It really is. And any Christian homeschooler out there is agreeing with me right now because the idea of intolerance is really baseless from what they're considering it because intolerance is when you are unwilling to even have a conversation 
with someone. You're unwilling to even hear their perspective. You won't even be in the same room as someone because they sicken you. Now, while I'm sure there are people like that out there because we are a fallen world and we are sinful people and we make mistakes, I also know that the vast majority of Christians are not intolerant. They are incredibly tolerant. They are open to having a conversation with someone. They are open to hearing about somebody else's ideas. And while they not, may not agree with them, they're open. Whereas the other side of the pendulum is unwilling to hear anything as soon as you say the word Christian. As soon as you say the word God, you're written off, you have no value to add to the conversation, and that is intolerance. That is intolerance because you're unwilling to even hear. You're unwilling to even let me have a voice. And if I don't agree with you, and that's not even really the, the issue, is it? The issue is not if we agree with somebody else's lifestyle choices or um, their decisions because they'll say, you know, it, it's really not enough. It's not enough to agree. They are not looking for us to agree with them. What people are looking for in some sort of an online, I'm talking online forum kind of discussion. You know, you're talking about something and you start bringing up your faith in any capacity and you're completely shut down. And reality is what they're looking for from you is celebration. They want you to celebrate what they're saying. So you can't even just agree. You can't even just say, well, that's okay for you. The conversation will never stop there, you guys. And for those of you that have engaged in any sort of online argument of any kind where you're trying to share your perspective, I doubt that there is one of you that can say they felt like they had the upper hand or that they were listened to or that they were valued. Because the end will, there's never an ending. There's never an ending. It doesn't matter what you say, there will always be another person coming out after you because they're unwilling to even consider and they're not looking for you to agree. Even saying, okay, well, what what you believe, that's fine because you, you aren't held to the same standard that I am and you don't see it. And that's just the reality. That's not enough because that's still not praising. It's not saying what you believe is the best. And so therefore, you may as well not speak. So if you are a Christian homeschooler, likely you have come across this. If you start talking about homeschooling in general, likely people will look at you and they will just completely shut down. Because in their mind, you are indoctrinating your kids. If you are a Christian homeschooler, you must be homeschooling because you want to do nothing else but hide your kids from the world, stuff their brain with whatever information and doctrine you want to fill it with, and not teach them anything else so that they're essentially brainwashed, right? I mean, that's what the world thinks. The world thinks that if you are a Christian homeschooler, that must be your end game plan. Or... They think that you are just doing it for religious purposes. And we talked about that at the beginning. Though our faith plays a role in some capacity because it's a, a part of our life. And if your faith is not a part of your life, then is it really your faith? It should be. It's your belief system. And we all have a belief system, you guys. Secular homeschoolers have a belief system. Their belief system is that their God is 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 themselves or is something else or is social media or whatever else they make it. We all have a belief system and a value system. So to say that, that we don't believe in anything and faith does not play a role, your belief system plays a huge role in your homeschool. And we all have perspective that we bring in to the way that we parent our children. And nobody is 
excused from that. Every single person parents from their own perspective and their own experiences. So again, it's frustrating. It's frustrating to feel like you don't have a voice. It's frustrating to feel like you can't share. It's frustrating to feel undervalued or not heard or not appreciated and to be shut down like that. And it's frustrating when you see this dichotomy and essentially, as a Christian would put it into Christian verb, right, is hypocrisy. Because you are saying one thing, but you are acting that exact same way. You're preaching tolerance, but actually, according to the definition, you're the one who's being intolerant. And it's frustrating, right? So that is a reality, I think, of homeschooling in this culture and in this environment that we live in. If you are a Christian, you're going to come across that in some capacity. You're going to come across it. Number two, you may feel like you don't fit in in the homeschool community. And part of that is because there really is this large uprising of secular homeschoolers, which like I said, is great. That shows that they love their kids and they want the best for them and they don't want them being in an environment where they're bullied or or where they're not getting the best education they can possibly get. I think it's awesome. And I think the more we can intermingle and encourage one another, the better. I don't think it should be segregated into secular and Christian homeschoolers. I, I can't stand that when I see it on social media. You live in a city or a town and you go look up a homeschool group and there's a secular group and a Christian group. And I don't agree with that because I think that all homeschoolers have something to offer another homeschooler, whether or not you're talking about God or not. We all use similar curriculums. We all are dealing with our children and trying to teach them. And we're all doing this because we love our children dearly. So the segregation part of it, I don't think it plays into everything, but it is definitely there because a secular homeschooler does not want to feel pressured by a Christian homeschooler that they need to somehow approach their homeschooling a different way or they feel like the curriculum that you're going to be talking about doesn't apply to them because a lot of curriculum out there is Christian and they're trying to find secular resources. So what happens a lot is a segregation and it can be hard sometimes to find a place where you fit. Number three, your voice is diminished. Now we talked about this a little bit in number one, but I feel like this is a separate point because I feel like It's again, I I mean, we can relate this to homeschooling or we can relate it to our culture or we can relate it to politics or we can relate it to morals. Basically, take the word social media and this relates. But what's happened is that morality, having strong morals and values, it doesn't even matter if you bring God or Christianity into it. it. It really doesn't matter. If you are more, you know, conservative in your value system and your morals and you are preaching good morals or good values, then you are going to be the smaller voice. And this bugs me. This actually really bugs me because I think that we are not as small as we are made to feel. I think that there is probably more of us. I honestly do. I honestly think that our voice should be way louder than it is. But inside, we're all battling this internal battle of How much do we speak out because we don't want to be stepping on toes and we do want to be loving. We're called to love. And so we we don't want anyone to feel pressured or hurt by us. And that's happened so much in the Christian community that instead we're just going to back off. Or we've tried reaching out. We've tried speaking our mind. We've tried, you know, rising up against what we think is wrong. And we are so incredibly obliterated. We're obliterated. 
And so then we don't try again. So what happens is that the Christian voice has been largely diminished. And I think that that's, that's really our own faults. I think that we stay quieter because whatever, whatever your reason may be, because it's safer or because you feel like there's no point, because if you, there's no point, I felt like that, there's no point engaging in an online argument when you know they're not going to see it your way. So what am I going to accomplish in, in, in pitching my thoughts or my values into this is not going to accomplish anything. In fact, it might make it a lot worse for other people and it could cause more hurt. So it's not a good use of my time. It's not a good use of my energy and it's not a good use of, of what I want to do or what I want to say because it's just falling on deaf ears. Now the whole verse of throwing pearls to swine, it comes to me so many times and I feel like if you guys go and you watch my Facebook page, as soon as there's some sort of, unless it's getting to name calling and it's really bad, in which case I delete comments, I do not engage. When people completely bash me to smithereens, I try to not engage as much as possible because it's, it's pointless. It's really pointless because I know when I see that coming out at me that that's not really that person and that that's not really going to accomplish anything. So in this problem that we have with cyberbullying and social media, we our voices diminished regardless of whether that's because of other people or because of ourselves. And then what happens is that the other side, the other voice becomes much louder. And so it can be a very small group of people, but because they're so passionate and they're just yelling it from the rooftops and it's all over media, media is so tainted and so incredibly one-sided these days that that is all you see and that is all you hear. And you feel like your voice is very small and you feel like your community is very small. But I really do think that's a lie. I really do think that there is not as much truth to that as we think. And I think that and really, that's a tactic to try to keep us small when we shouldn't be. It's uprising, guys. Um, okay, so number four, and this is a big one. I have quite a few points for this. And you heard my paper rustle. I'm sorry. Okay, number four, you constantly find yourself searching for balance. What I mean by this is that let's say you find yourself a, a cute little niche a little niche of Christian homeschoolers and you go and they do co-ops and they've got a little Facebook group and they're Christian homeschoolers with similar, you know, values. They must be because they're Christians. And so you feel at home and you engage and you get to know them and then you hit a wall because you realize that just like there's denominations in churches, there's essentially denominations of homeschoolers. Anyone else? Like seriously, this is a thing. There are denominations of homeschoolers. And, and all that a denomination is is a separation or segregation of people based on their own values or ideas or perspectives on things. So you have the, the homeschoolers that don't believe in any evolution being taught to their kids at all. They will never purchase a book if it ever contains any aspect of evolution in it. They will never purchase a book that is is talking about, you know, other religions or anything like any sort of read-alouds that might have magic in it. Um, they are the parents that are just just really focused on that, okay? So you might fit with that and that's fine. I'm not judging that. Um, we all have a right to teach our kids the way that we we want to and, and out of our own experiences and ideas and all those things. So there's that kind of group. Then there's a group that don't believe in pretty much any TV or media 
or iPads because technology is bad for the brain, which it is. So there's truth to that. Again, I'm not judging. I should do less technology with my kids. I know it. So those people need to come and hang out with me and encourage me in love though, please, because it's tough. Anyways, um, so, you know, those are the parents that are like, you come over to your house. Oh, I'm the worst, you guys. And if you are that parent, don't judge people like me because like everybody's just doing the best they can, right? We're just trying to survive here. We're trying to do our best and we're picking our battles. And so we do really good on some things and other things, whatever. It's just not as important to us or whatever. We see things differently. So for example, sometimes kids will come to my house and they'll go downstairs and they'll be watching a show and I'll hear that like, you know, their kids will come up and be like, they're watching a show that we're not allowed. Okay. I used to be that family because my parents were like that. Like we were not allowed to watch most Disney movies unless my parents pre-watched. They pre-watched everything. We were not allowed to watch so many shows, you guys, that I totally let my kids watch. So I get it. I get it from that perspective. And that is important because you want your kids to feel like they can speak up and say, okay, we're not allowed to watch this and, and to encompass your values. But then from the other perspective, you know, sometimes it's hard because you feel like, okay, you're feeling guilty. You're feeling like, man, is my kid watching stuff they shouldn't be? Am I not as spiritual as that person? I mean, what's going on here? So you have that kind of camp, right? Then you have the free range parenting, the free range parenting where they're like super, not even disengaged. They might be disengaged or they might just be really aware, but just kind of let their kids do things. And then we'll just talk about it. We're just going to let you kind of explore and make mistakes and we're just going to talk about it. And so we don't have a lot of rules. We're just open, right? And then you have the really open worldview ones that are like, I'm going to teach my kids everything. I'm going to expose my children to everything so that then we can teach why and the reason behind and scientific evidence and proof that this is what evolution is, but this is why we, that's really just a theory. And let's look at the science behind it and why that's just a theory and how creation can be proved. And if you don't know how to teach your children that creation can also be a proven theory, then you need to go check out Masterbook's website. There are some amazing books there and they walk your kids through scientific proof. So, um, you know, you, those parents, which I would say, I, I really love that value. I love the value personally of teaching my kids a large variety of things because I feel like protecting them can sometimes backfire because I was quite protected. And then going into a public school environment was horrifying. It was this huge culture shock because I was so incredibly unprepared for the world. I really was. I was so unprepared, you guys. And so because of my own experiences, I want my kids to know about a large variety of things, but teach it from my perspective and my value system and explain how you can walk as a Christian in that environment that is outside of your own values and beliefs. And how can you do that in love? And how can you do that by still standing with what you believe? And so we all are different, right? You have all these Christians who are one because we all are, are believing in one essential thing. We believe in God and we believe that, you know, we believe in heaven and hell and we believe in Jesus and the Holy Spirit and, you know, I'm not even getting into church denominations here because that affects it too. It really does. But, you know, you sometimes find yourself having to search for a balance where you feel sometimes like, okay, 
I'm in this community of Christian homeschoolers, but I feel like I'm constantly juggling of where do I fit in these people because I'm unique. Because you are unique. You have your own things that are important to you. You have your own callings that God has laid on your heart that are unique to you. Just like Samson in the Bible was called to not cut his hair and everyone else wasn't called to not cut their hair. Everybody else wasn't called not to drink. That was specific for that group of people. And in the same way, we all have things that God has laid on our hearts that might be true for us and is not true for somebody else. And so you can encounter sometimes judgment and you can encounter feeling displaced and you can encounter feeling guilty about your own parenting or your own homeschooling and feeling like you don't measure up because there's this wide variety of what Christian homeschooling looks like. So, I mean, I'm not even getting into the conservative and the charismatic and all of that, which also does play in because it it plays into your value system of even how you approach your homeschool. Point number five, a reality that you may face if you are a Christian homeschooler today is that school's not the most important thing. School is important, and to many, many, many Christian homeschoolers, it is like way up there. But I would say for most Christians that I've talked to, that if you are a Christian, then your number one priority is that your children have a good relationship with God and that they have good character. And so you are focused on character over that math drill. And so if you're encountering something in your homeschool day and you come across this character thing that's continually coming up, then you're going to want to address that. And that's more important to you than that math lesson because it's your value system and you see that the heart, the heart of your child is the most important. And if you're like me, then you're sitting here thinking, well, you know, I mean, we're pretty much coming into the end times and... In the end times, really all that matters is that my kids have a good relationship with God. And so school is so incredibly secondary to me. So depending on where you're at, I I get not everyone's like me. Lots of people are like, school's right up there. And that's awesome. It's just awesome. I love it. But there is a variety, okay? So just no judging. We're not judging everybody here. These, I'm sure all of those people that can fit into any of these categories are listening today, and I hope that none of you feel judged. But I, I feel like that is definitely a reality, that if you are a Christian homeschooler, then your priorities are different. And because of that, it impacts the way you homeschool, and it also is going to impact how you feel like you fit in the homeschool community at large, because like we talked about, the homeschool community at large might have vastly different priorities than you do. All right, so there you have it. That is today's episode for Truth in the Trenches. If you want to see something specific on this podcast, please, please, please email me, Rebecca at homeschoolon.com. And if you want to find me, you can come find me online. I'm on there at homeschoolon.com. And I hope that you have an amazing rest of your homeschool week and 